Hey, Merry, Happy uh, Week Between Christmas and New Year. Yay! And welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers Podcast. Well, we are sitting in that week. That week that rests between the Christmas holiday and New Year's. And I am, uh, I don't know, I might aggravate some of you and some of you might be right in the same boat with me, but I, I love Christmas so much. I've been thinking about this a lot because this was such an interesting, uh, Christmas for me. I was so awake you know, um, really like smelling salts kind of awake and things were just hitting me in all kinds of ways. Uh, had lots and lots and thoughts of, uh, lots and lots of thoughts about my dad and he's been gone since 1987, meaning he passed away. And, you know, holidays just haven't been the same since he was gone, clearly. But um, for some reason this year, and I think my brother said the same thing, and so did my mom, that we were just thinking of him a lot and the and his absence. And uh, so there was lots of tender moments, but a lot of, you know, really beautiful memories. But also I, I posted on social media, it's that frustration of, for me, and I'm an overthinker. Surprise. Surprise, I'm an overthinker. I know. <laughs> hey, sit back up. I know you fell over. Um, I'm an overthinker, clearly. Uh, and I I posted on social media that I love we were listening, I was listening to Elvis Presley music, which I grew up. My father uh, loved Elvis Presley. So we all were sort of inundated with that and then like infused with this love for Elvis Presley as well. Heard his music almost literally every week of our lives, particularly on the weekends, especially at the holidays. And I know every word to Elvis Presley's Christmas albums. I mean, I just, they're in, they're in me. Like every cell wakes up. But it, my dad had... And I'm not just saying this. Trust me on this. <laughs> he had a voice like Elvis. Now, he was trying to sound like him too, but there were many occasions. I remember one time uh, some kids from our church were over and they, uh, my, my mom and dad worked and volunteered and spent a lot of time with the um, student age population at our church when I was young and it was an itty bitty little church and super sweet. And, but you know, they might've had about 20 teens or something like that. And they were the head of uh, the head of this and ahead of their time. And they would, um, <clears throat> they had a little band called the sounds of hope and they would travel and do things like that in churches and other locations, prisons. Um, but they were rehearsing once in our living room. They would come in and like all the furniture got shoved against the walls and stuff. And uh, they were rehearsing once. And uh, my dad was in singing one of Elvis's songs. And somebody called and our phone was in the kitchen and my mom was in the kitchen um, talking to them and they said, oh, we hear Elvis playing in the background. And my mom's all, no, that's Doug. 
But I mean, that was not unusual for that to be said of him. Anyway, I digress. I was listening to Elvis Christmas music and oh my gosh, the memories came like instant memories of my dad. Like I, like I could hear him and see him in my mind and, and just all the feelings and would I even go too far to say like, like the smells of our home back then. And anyway, um, then I got this overwhelming feeling of anger, not like rage, anger, but like agitation, um, sadness, probably more than anything that this was darn it, though I love the memory so much that it was just a memory. There wasn't anything I could do about it. Like I wasn't going to turn the page or open the door or whatever. And he would be there. And that frustration, all of this to say is it was just this very sensitive um, season for me. And I love Christmas so much. And I love the decorating. And I love the lights. Like I would leave on some of the lights on the trees um, in the front room at night so that if I got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, which I did a lot for some reason this season. Um, But I uh, would just have that sort of like warm, fuzzy feel. I am definitely a Christmas celebrator. And then I would get these anxious feelings like I did when I was a kid, like, oh, shoot, it's going to be over soon. It's going to be over soon. Slow it down, slow it down. And I started like telling myself, don't think about that because then you're going to be out of the moment. It was like this big head rolling conversation um, about it being over. And then it, it, it and then I, I think uh, if you listen to my podcast a few episodes ago, my girlfriend um and pastor friend Dottie Escobedo Frank, uh, she and I did a Christmas Eve service and it was really cool. You know, there's that tug about doing things at churches and in and for the church on Christmas, because in my faith, that's what Christmas is about. But then also like not getting to hang with family. And I know that Dottie understands that, but it was just like, I knew this was something I was given the gift of being able to do. And it was really wonderful. Four services, bam, 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 three, five, seven, and nine. And it just, it, it, it sealed the Christmas season for me. And then Christmas day was lovely. And then, um, uh, it's over. But then there's this week that we're living in, right? And I still want to hang on to some of that. And it feels a little different. And so I'm like, guys, guys, come on, let's play still. I still want to play, guys. Um, The lights are still on and we still have the decorations in the house. And I probably will keep them till New Year's anyway. Um, And there's there's a thing about telling myself the truth about the week. But I just want to hold on to it. And I wonder what that is that I am holding on to. Is it, hmm, is it hope? Is that what I'm gathering and, and, and grasping of the holiday season is the, 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 even the bright lights, what they do to my mood, seeing them. It's a, it's a lift, but it is the root of it. Just hope hope for tomorrow. I know what the season means to me. I know what Christmas means to me in a literal sense because of the birth of Jesus and that my faith is anchored on Jesus. 
Um, but with all of that, even the commercialized kind of move away from um, the core of the religious meaning for me, it, it's all the other stuff too that I just respond to in my person. But I know that this week is just an interesting week. And I started thinking about it and looking up stuff and you know, there's no real name for it um, per se. I know that in some other cultures there are, but um, I, you know, I, I wonder if it's the anticipation of the New Year's. And I don't know if if this listening audience is a, is a New Year's resolution kind of uh, folk, um, but I, I wonder if it's the pressure of that. But as I was reading about it, I was hearing a lot of people say it's just this sort of no man's land and that I I think part of me uh, doesn't have a real connection with that no man's land because I kind of live in a no man's land all the time being self-employed and um, and not having a uh, a a marked schedule um, that then we retreat from or people retreat from for a season or uh, in the holidays with having time off. But a lot of people were commenting on that when I was sort of reading about things that that this is a time that just sort of floats and that we're waiting for something. We're waiting for the click over of the new year. And I I do like the that, um, but I meaning the new year. I like clean slates. Um, and I like clean plates. I clean my plate. I'm part of the clean your plate club. Surprise. Oh, see, you fell over again. Sit back up. There you go. Uh, I don't know. I digress. (laughs) I think that should be a tattoo that I have on some part of my body. Butty, um, is I digress because I digress a lot. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, this, um, clean slate of the new year. I, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about new year's resolutions, but I like the clean slate. And so I don't know if it's this waiting period between, okay, so Christmas is over And I'm trying to revive, I'm trying to get that balloon off the ground again. But you know, when you go buy a birthday balloon and the helium is in it and it floats and then it starts to drift a little bit and then pretty soon it's laying on the floor. Well, that's sort of what I kind of feel like a little bit at this stage in this week. But um, it it appears to be something that other people also kind of you know, struggle with, um, in terms of like maybe losing track of time and after exchanging the gifts and, you know, you've, you've done the cooking and you've made the lists and your mind has been occupied and there's been an energy and, and some get things done really early and are enjoying those last few days towards Christmas. And then some are trying to get a lot, out, but that period after all of that is done that we're sitting in right now, um, when there really isn't a routine, maybe we are headed back to work, but still, you know what I'm talking about? There's just this, this space. And I wanted to visit on that today and see, um, just see what came out in my own, you know, my own conversation and speaking on just my own behalf. It's just, um, 
It's just an interesting time. And I asked, so my my friend Dottie is such a a cool person. She um she's she's an introvert. She's the one actually that uh kind of pegged or at least called out or echoed a personal understanding that I had of myself that I no one ever bought about me, but I, um, she is one of the pastors that conducted the ceremony when Jonathan and I got married and she was kind of like the lead pastor. And then there were other people, you know, that took a, a, a role in it as well. Um, but she sort of went, we went through a little bit of quote unquote premarital counseling. That sounds, um, so sterile, but it was just sitting down, you know, and sort of checking in about who we are and all of that. But, um, uh, in that establishing that Jonathan is definitely an introvert. And then she said to me, she goes, I have never bought that you were an extrovert. And I'm like, I love you. I love you so much because everyone says, oh yeah, you of course, no, you're not an, and I just know myself inside. Now I've learned to be this sort of extroverted element. I've learned to nurture this extroverted element to me. I was raised by, you know, a dad that was super outgoing, so I'm comfortable in it. But at the very core of me, I'm very quiet and I like to observe and I get taxed around, you know, I do well with people, but I'm on you know, and anyway, all, all that to say is I was talking about her and somehow it came back to me. What are you? You fell over again. You fell over again. Uh-uh. Surprised it came back to me. Sit back up. Okay. Um, she is an introvert, a thinker, but creative and has just a person's interest at heart like a uh, uh an awareness of the human condition that just kind of rolls off of her tongue when like uh, like I just got chill bumps uh, talking about it I love that uh, in her and to to go to to a church service where she's speaking or any other kind of event is ideal because she just has a way and it's not over quaffed it's not um, it's very thoughtful and intentional, but not overplanned, and it's just sincere and it's real. And and she is willing and available to wrestle with all those things that we wrestle with when we open up that box of faith. <clears throat> but to to say that, um, she had done a podcast with me a couple weeks ago on the you know, sometimes this, the struggle of leading into the holiday season and how, um, many people are having rough times. It isn't just joy to the world. Um, or, uh, I wish you a Merry Christmas or whatever. Uh, and not to discount any of that, but to include that this is something that has, um, a lot of power in it 
the perfection. I know, I know after hearing her words in the podcast, I know I would catch myself feeling moments of pressure that had to do with measuring up to this perfection of a season and the Christmas movies that I was watching and the pictures of people taking rides in the snow. And I'm living here in Arizona where, thank goodness though, I know the Lord heard my prayer on this because I wanted some weather and we got hit with a lot of uh, rain and some clouds and whatever. And it just made uh, me feel like it was that season. But, um, <clears throat> looking at the pictures of, per- of perfection and this ideal scenario about the holidays did, I could feel my mood take a dip. So I, I know that my vibrant, um, welcoming of the Christmas season has a lot to do with a desire that I'm looking for that. And, and, um, and maybe deep down there are some things like the pain of not having my dad around and some other things that don't feel measured up, um, that, uh, I could understand when she was sharing about the sadness and that she sits and holds space with people that want to talk through things before that seem to kind of come to the 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 top that rise to the top of their lives particularly prior to Christmas so I think that we're in a place this week that is not that different it it, it took a turn some of the the pressure is released from that um idealized holiday but we're sitting in this space that's looking at a day when we mark starting afresh and the big hopes and things that we're expecting to close the year out with or say goodbye to and put behind us as we look to a new year that has its own interesting pressure too. And what I found that when I looked at this time um, that people were saying is that they just sort of didn't know what to do with themselves. And I think that some of that has to do with one, getting that week behind us that, that, or that holiday behind us, um, and looking towards what might be expected of us in, um, new year's resolutions, that there's just sort of this weird vibration of, I don't know what to do with myself. And I don't know how, if you agree with this or not, but I think, um, self-reflection is intimidating and I do a lot of it. I know that when I saw a counselor therapist, uh, after my first husband, Jim passed away, um, it was sort of like the cracking of an egg where a lot of things were going to get addressed. It wasn't just grieving. It opened, uh, proverbially Pandora's box for me. And so I saw, uh, visited him, you know, shoot once a week for a good while. And then twice a month. And uh, in that time, I know that he said to me, you know, you kind of come in here counseling yourself. You do so much in your head already. I'm just listening. And once in a while, we'll throw a word in, which he was really great at choosing those words that that uh, were were moving for me and something I could bite down on. But um, in this anticipation of self-reflection and looking at what we might want to address 
of ourselves in these resolutions. I went back to uh, have a conversation with Dottie and I would have loved to have had her on today, but I also wanted to give her grace and knowing that she's been, you know, sitting and holding that sacred space as we spoke of a couple episodes ago with people as well as maintaining a lot of very demanding stuff that a um a uh, pastor of a church and I, I and she's kind of the head honcho there I think uh, over they have a couple of other really beautiful people in leadership um, but I think she's the executive minister at the church that she serves at which if you're listening it's Paradise Valley Valley Paradise Valley United Methodist Church so if you're looking for a place it's a great place but she um, needed some time off and this week was provided the church kind of goes down on a little bit of a low rumble. And so, um, I just had a conversation with her and I wanted to share what it was she said about looking at this week and maybe it will be, um, I don't know. I don't want to say a comfort because maybe you don't need to be comforted, but it actually, um, I don't know. It resonated so much with me. I thought it was beautiful. I just said, you know, could you toss out a thought or two on the tradition and the idea of resolutions um, so that I could sort of chew on that and do a bookend to our conversation a couple weeks ago. And what she said to me, she said, lately, I've been not doing resolutions, which I know that's not a new thing. I think some people are just like, I'm not going to do resolutions. But the idea of a clean slate to me is sort of like why I miss that opportunity. There's something about going into that time that I do want to mark somehow. And then this is what she said. But she said, instead, I take the week between Christmas and New Year's to dream. Ugh. Like, if you could envision, and I, I'm not, wasn't really feeling this dramatically about the week, but if you could envision, this is how it felt inside me, I promise, exactly. Um, I live in metaphor, so, but uh, uh, it was like my plane was losing gas and it was heading down, <laughs> like not a nosedive, but maybe close. Uh, and um, this was just a gust that came up underneath it. And lifted my spirit to read or contemplate that not that I don't dream but I don't really dream a lot and we can talk about that another time but just the idea of oh I'm getting teary-eyed I'm so emotional I wear myself out um did you fall over again no oh you knew that Mm -hmm. um of taking this week between Christmas and New Year's to dream. She says she usually writes them down. And I thought, what a lovely thing. Just to fill up your tank at the end of the year. To head into the new year with some fresh ideas not so much resolution, but just the stir of hope. I came back to that word and I didn't know it was going to. So I think that's the deal. This hope of what can be. Isn't that what dreaming is? Of 
giving ourselves the permission to say what can be for myself, um, taking advantage of that clean slate and that new start, coming into the new year with gifts under your arms for yourself for the year that you have spent some time and those gifts being on the pages that you may have written or, or just the time in your mind or your thinking or prayers or meditations. She did go on to say that she's noticed that some people are nixing resolutions. And I was just agreeing with that. And just instead choosing to start one new habit or to stop something to, to, to lay something down or to pick something up. Um, and, and to keep something small, to pick something very um, small and, and, and not so much that it's effortless, but to implement something new into one's life so that the newness can bring more newness. Like for instance, she gave an example of driving a different way to work just once a week. Like that kind of new, you know what I mean? Like not anything pressure, but just beginning to peel away some of the old to allow for new and that it doesn't have to just be this absolute clean, fresh start on a fresh start new year, but just the effort of taking an idea, something so simple, like driving a different way to work once a week, that brings a new perspective, as she was saying. And in that new drive and that new perspective of just the drive, it could open up and and does allow for new thinking and a new perspective in life. Though that was a suggestion that she made for those that are still kind of, you know, looking for uh, the resolution-ish beginning and start at the new year, she did just sort of end with saying that she mostly just lets herself dream this week because she believes that dreams open doors and allow for the change. So if we look at this as the walking to the door of the new year and taking the dream steps as we approach the new year in this in-between week that we don't really have a name for, that it's still in the holiday mode, but we don't know what to do with it. We're coming off the gases of of everything uh, from the holiday and they're still in the air, but it is affecting us. We're just not really sure how. If we channel those into the beauty of dreaming, which has no limitations, it has no expiration date, it has no requirement. It is dreaming and letting yourself flow and go. And by jotting them down, though that has some um, solidifying element to it, but in jotting it down, it just is honoring the process, I think, not trying to make it perfect. I know I get wigged out over like, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? Do my mind, am I supposed to say this? Like I, you know, for just writing stuff down just to say, Hey, you spent time in my brain and that's valuable. And I'm going to give you this honored place in a journal. Maybe some of y'all got journals for the holidays, but, um, for Christmas, just having that action of writing it down, but then taking this all the way up to New Year's and letting that open the door. When I saw open the door in her exchange that we had in texting back and forth, um, again, it was hope. It was something that said, hey, 
walk through this. Come here. Let's go into something that we don't know, the unknown. Every day is a new day that we don't know what will open. But iconically, this time in the new year to open a door and allow for change and allow for it instead of maybe forcing it instead of, you know, I've had so many, you know, I've struggled with my weight for, for years, my late teens, particularly, I would say more specifically, not really my late teens, um, did it manifest like that, but the, um, the issue with quafting what it is I eat and paying so much attention really started setting in, um, in those formative years, you know, but when my father passed away, that was just a, and I was 22. That was sort of a pivotal time when all of that infrastructure of using food, uh, oops, <laughs> I was talking with my hands and I hit the button and it stopped recording. So I'm sitting here talking to you just like I would if you were sitting across from me. And I'm using my hands and I hit the thing. Anyway, um, that uh, that that pattern of using food kicked in. So the new year has been a time, and I know this is just, I mean, th- we have multi-million, billion-dollar marketing campaigns for us that are looking for January 1st to turn our fat little selves around. <laughs> uh, so this is not just my thing, but I mean, the pressure of, of, of trying to create change rather than opening the door to change, I think is resting on our shoulders some. Don't you agree this week that um, uh, whether we live in, in a, a rigid, rigid mindset or one that's so loose that we... Um, we uh, can't get our pantyhose on. Um, I, I think that it is a much more helpful um, idea to open the door to change. And by dreaming, that in fact does that. And I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm going to have Dottie on some more and maybe we can do a time when let's just do this right now. Let's have you write in some questions for Dottie. Um, she has a social workers background, um, not to mention just her really keen, sensitive, um, minister's heart and self and a writer and just looks at things from, uh, another side of the, um, prism. So if you have any questions for Dottie, we'll have an episode where Dottie comes in and we can address those. So go to terrysummers.com forward slash podcast and send in, um, a question. I think there's a place there. It might not be denoted Dottie cause I just thought of it right now, but, uh, send me something and, um, put the name Dottie in it or questions for Dottie. And when we have her in, then we'll talk about those. But I'm just grateful that she gave me that insight that was so beautiful to use this week as a time to dream. So I encourage you to do that. And I want you to have a really safe New Year's, however you choose to celebrate, um, just honor yourself in the process and take good care of yourself while you're doing it. And we will enter into a new year together. And I, again, appreciate you. This has just been a joy for for my life to sit down uh, on Tuesdays with Terry. And knowing that I have people spending time with me is just a, um, 
a deep honor. And I thank you for blessing my life with that. So in this interesting, uh, merry, happy week between Christmas and New Year's, um, love those folks around you that you love and cherish this time as we take in a deep dream filled breath for 2022. Happy New Year, y'all.